watch cartoons We'll take a look back at where we've been So let's hop into our time machine Hello and welcome to another episode of Cartoon Time Machine. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Katie. We're your animates, and uh, it is summer, Katie. That I it's too it's too hot. It is very hot where I am. Is it hot where you are? Uh, I think outside it's in the mid seventies, but you can take a guess as to how warm it is in my apartment that I actively record in. Uh, much hotter. Yeah, I'm asking you for to give me a guess. Oh, um, eighty six. Uh, that is typically where it is. It's a it's a lovely eighty two right now. Ooh, temperate. I know it hit ninety two at some point recently. I have a thermometer oh, that tracks gosh. highs and lows over some time. Yeah, I don't have a thermostat in my place, but I refuse to use my AC because I am very cheap. Uh, and it is very hot in LA lately, so it is it's a sweaty time here. Is what's happening. I want to make it clear: I do not have a thermostat. I have a thermometer that I bought myself because it's egregiously hot in my place. And I was like, I need to know. Um, and in some ways, I regret coming out of the dark. Yeah, this is this is a terrible knowledge you've been burdened with, Katie. Are you yeah, burdened? And I'm and like you're too cheap to run your air conditioning. I'm too cheap to buy an in-wall or a window air unit. So I live with my fan and sadness. Well, I'm also your fan. I just don't. Aww. And I had to spend a lot of time Googling how hot how hot is too hot for cats. The answer, they like it warm. I mean, that makes sense. Because, like, I don't know, wild cats are always, you know, in hot climates, it seems like. so They run hotter than us, you know? They're, they run, what do we run? 96? Yeah, 96. Yeah, roughly. They run about two degrees hotter than humans. I think we're 98.6, actually. Did I, did I? Did I goof the numbers again? I mean, it doesn't really matter. Cats run hotter than us. That's why they're always looking for sunny spots. Um, but I'm always cold, so I'm also always looking for sunny spots. I'm like a cat. Um, in any case, the reason uh, I bring up that it is uh, summer, which it is, uh, is because this Yay. week we are talking about our favorite summertime cartoons. There's a lot of cartoons that take place either uh, partially or exclusively in the summer. Um, and I thought this would be a really good time for us to sort of analyze why that's such a popular uh, zone for cartoons to set their time periods in and what are some of the hallmarks of the summer cartoon. Um, I think, you know, one one thing, you know, to keep in mind with this is that most cartoons don't actually air new episodes during the summer. Um, you know, granted, that's before the age of streaming, which has sort of set everything out of whack, but still generally holds true that summertime is kind of your dead season for new releases of TV. Um, it's just sort of how it's the industry has sort of always been. It's what the, the uh, shooting schedule or animation schedule has always been like. Um, and, you know, that's it's I guess conventional wisdom is that children are not sitting inside watching cartoons in the summer. They are outside playing, which <laughs> no there was a lot of cartoon <laughs> watching still happening um that's when you're allowed to watch tv most you get it, your you get your couple hours outside and then you get like an hour of tv and screens in the day and you're like every day that's more than normal see for me the best part about like summertime cartoons like when i think about summer cartoons uh i used to go away for most of the summer at sleepaway camp 
um, which meant that there would really only be like a two week period, like at the start of the summer, like just as school was wrapping up. Like, I think I usually had like one week of summer between school and camp. Um, and I used to love the rampant into summer with all the cartoon uh, marathons. I think Cartoon mm-hmm. Network especially used to be really good at like their like themed blocks, like their bumpers <laughs> of like we're 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 doing uh you know you're going to summer camp like Cartoon Network's Camp Camp like I feel like there were like stuff like that and there'd all be all these really cute bumpers of like our favorite cartoon characters like in canoes and stuff like that I guess kind of part of that like CN City vibes mm-hmm, that we mm-hmm. talked about on our uh mm-hmm. on our Cartoon Network uh podcast um but yeah I I always I always loved how they would just push all these cartoons together that were marginally related to summer and it was like basically it almost felt like a to-do list of all the things that like were quintessentially summer that we had to do because our favorite cartoon characters were doing like I feel like these summertime cartoons really define when I think back in my head of like what is summer like you know it's a lot of it's you know my actual experiences of course but then I think also some of it is just what did the cartoons of my childhood tell me uh, summer should look like (laughs) oh that's very true and yeah. I, you know, I, sorry, I agree with you on the the Cartoon Network, especially bumpers. But just like saying that, I was like, oh, I do remember the canoes. Okay, what is it with Cartoon Network and just having the most memorable bumpers from our childhood? Like, I, 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 I these don't exist anymore. Like, I think streaming has fully killed this. Uh, except, I will say, uh, I have the ad version of HBO Max, or I guess Max now, which is lame, and maybe it used to do this maybe they've gotten rid of it with max i don't know what's going on over there but like they did have not really cartoon network style bumpers more like nickelodeon style bumpers i would say mm-hmm. um i don't know if it's on everything or just the reruns of steven universe i watch because that's a lot of what i watch on max but i have noticed that and it's really fun um and i think kids they are missing out on the amazing bumpers we used to have like i also like remember like right as like the like the school year was ending they would have like bumpers being like you're you're almost there like you can you're in the home stretch here's you know it's the last bell we're doing this uh and like I think that also like defined my excitement for the last day of school I mean and I think this is what what I'm saying is I was an indoor kid uh except when they forced me outside for camp (laughs) what (laughs) but but yeah I mean I know I, I watched a lot of tv I watched a lot of cartoons and yeah I mean I think there's there's something really natural I think to setting your cartoon in summer it means you don't have to deal with the day-to-day of school which kids you know obviously a lot of cartoons are school-based and kids do like it but removing that element gives you a lot more freedom of storytelling you don't have to explain why your characters are not going to school every day and like you can't set everything on a Saturday so you know a summer a summer show gives you that freedom of it doesn't matter what day it is doesn't matter what's going on in the world like they don't have they don't have to be in any particular place we don't have to keep writing stories exclusively around like the day-to-day of the school life like they can be anything do anything um like Ed and Nettie uh I think all but the last season takes place in endless summer vacation um and as a result you just have the kids run wild through the cul-de-sac uh making making the most of the days and you don't have to really worry about any kind of structure to their lives, which is, I think, part of what's really appealing about Ed, Ed, and Eddie is just the complete anarchy of these children just running the show. Mm-hmm. No wonder parents hate it. 
but like I think I think that does sort of also sum up something of like what summer would feel like as a kid because Mm -hmm. like the school year when you're a kid is so structured it's so rigid you know at 9 a.m we do English class and 10 a.m it's math and then at noon you go to lunch like it is so beat for beat every day is kind of the same uh, or at least it certainly felt that way when you're a kid. And it's just like, when when do I get to just be a kid and not like just have these few minutes after school? Um, and Edda and Eddie, I think, is really just that unbound chaotic spirit in action. It's just that formless. There is there is no when you turn on the, the TV to Edda and Eddie, there's no formula to what you're going to see with that episode like. There's just going to be weird childhood shenanigans happening. Mm-hmm. It's whatever Ed is doing, Eddie is doing that day to to make a, a quarter. It's, you know, whatever hijinks are happening on the cul-de-sac because they're just kind of stuck there. Because as yeah. we talked about the theory, it is might be purgatory. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was so long ago. Um, our, our cartoon yeah. series episode I, was pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. Ed and Eddie reminds me, yeah, of summer because i did live in a, a neighborhood with a ton of cul-de-sacs um and also a frequent part of summer for me were setting up lemonade stands and helping of making money which in most cases was your parents spend money and you get to keep the money you made for being a good capitalist entrepreneur um and we did make a large amount of money however now i feel like since uh i i was the kid who did lemonade stands anytime i see a lemonade stand i am obligated to pay it forward Oh, absolutely. I, just the other day, I passed a lemonade stand, and I have a slight bone to pick with this lemonade stand, by the way, because I don't know about you, kid. When I was a kid, we would have to make that lemonade by ourselves. Like, our parents would have to take us to the grocery store. We had to buy lemons. We had to buy sugar. We had to mix it all up in a big pitcher. Um, if you were like me, you would fill it with water from the hose. Um, that was an important part. It had to be hose water. Um, and you'd, have, you'd be, like, have, like, your, like, sisters or brothers or other kids neighborhood like ferrying back and forth into the house to like refill the lemonade and make more and like go back and forth and get more ice like it was a whole operation the one that i got my lemonade from which was like a dollar a cup by the way it was the, the, the prices on lemonade from lemonade stands are getting steep um they yeah, just they had like 50 cent yeah i i feel like it was a quarter when i was doing it but we also had two fair we had smaller cups than these guys were doing so i don't know um we had like dixie cups um but like when this kid had like the like the simply lemonade, like the big jug just like sitting out there. I'm like, no, no, no. You gotta at least put that in a pitcher, friend. Oh, like, it was like simply lemonade. Yeah, yeah, I I'm a big fan of uh this isn't real lemonade, but uh at least they're trying where it's just country time lemonade powder in a large jug with water. I'm like, now that that there's nostalgia. <laughs> That that reminds me of that one episode of The Simpsons where they're like getting the lemon tree and the lemon tree was stolen by the next town over and they go to interrogate a kid they see selling lemonade. Like, where did you get the lemons for that lemonade? Like, this is country time lemonade. There's never been anything like a lemon near it. <laughs> I I have a weird uh, like nostalgia now for country time lemonade. It might be Stockholm syndrome with it, but does make me really want really want lemonade um i don't yeah, drink I don't... real lemonade anymore i've realized i'm i i i use zero sugar lemonade in my tea in the morning because i'm a heathen who puts lemonade. lemonade in in their hot tea i should make myself some lemonade that that would be good but yeah i feel i feel like Ed 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 always 
was always like the feeling of a lemonade stand taken to an extreme because like I think one or two episodes they just like did your regular old lemonade stand but like it always kind of escalated from there and the rest of the time it's multi-level marketing right like they were always pulling these elaborate scams but I feel like somehow it still always had the feel of a lemonade stand like in that the stakes were super low like there was never an episode where it's like we need to raise this money to like save the clubhouse or like little Timmy needs an operation. Like there were never stakes to this. It was always Eddie needs to make a few quarters because he wants quarters, which was also, that was the philosophy of the lemonade stand. You never had any real urgency for the money. It was just, wouldn't it be fun if we had money? It was always like your parents tell you, no, I'm not buying you treats or this little toy. And you're like, well, gosh darn it, I'll take it into my own hands. I'll make like $2 and I'll buy this candy myself. And, and inexplicably, family members would just happen to drop by while you were making, while you're doing your lemonade stand. You find out later because your mom called all your aunts and cousins to like stop by and take your and buy your lemonade. Oh, I didn't have any family that lived in the area. So we just harassed uh, the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, we uh, the kids on ride, bikes would ride around and just yell lemonade. There was this really nice older couple I uh, lived in. I I I didn't live in a, a cul-de-sac. I lived in a horseshoe. So like we would have like the like the houses along the edge of the horseshoe, and then like two or three like in the center of the horseshoe. Um, there was this one older couple. It's like a lovely older couple. Um, who we were probably like mildly annoyed with like all of us kids just like being annoying on the streets or whatever. Um, but they did always come by and they wouldn't actually ever drink the lemonade. I'm sure like it was, first of all, because we poured the water out of a hose, it was probably wildly unsanitary and these older people probably shouldn't have been drinking it. Um, but I think also they just didn't want all the sugar or whatever. Um, they never actually bought, bought a lemonade, but they would always like give us like a tip. They would say like, oh, like you're, you're really doing lovely things for the neighborhood. So here's a tip. Um, Aww. hey, <laughs> sorry, my cat bit me. Not really. He just kind of mouthed me and was like please put me down mother well your cat's not getting any lemonade so so there he's fine with that he, he's Sorry. trying to break our podcast setup be because he loves us maybe yeah. so if if ed ed and eddie is sort of the more chaotic formless version of summer uh, i feel like the polar opposite there is something like phineas and ferb which i think sort of captures that you know, kind of the element of, of summer, I think that, uh, you know, the, these earlier shows in this setup don't really capture as much. I think those are sort of more about like the whimsical joys of that freedom. I feel like Phineas and Ferb captures kind of an element of that boredom, because I think at a certain point in every summer, you start to kind of crave being told something to do. Like at a certain point, you realize like, oh, there's not much much to do around here that I haven't already done in the past week and there's still a month and a half of summer oh boy um and that's when Calvin Ball sets in and I I like that that sort of became the theme of Phineas and Ferb is like what like what would what are you daydreaming about when you have nothing to do in the summer like what if and what if those daydreams could become reality like I like that most at least the early episodes of Phineas and Ferb all begin with them just bored under a tree and Phineas then deciding what they're going to do with their time and it's going to be something like big and crazy like I think that really captures like they're they're a the wish fulfillment of Phineas and Ferb is being able to actually act upon those bored dreams when you've Mm -hmm. got 
you know, when you're just, you just have yourself and your imagination. Um, it's weird. I've never like seen that as like a conspiracy theory that like none of the things that are happening in Phineas and Ferb are real and it's all them just daydreaming under a tree. I feel I like that's I've kind of an obvious I've seen it one. once or twice, but everyone's like, yeah, that's boring. I mean, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a boring one, admittedly. Um, but I, I feel like that's sort of the vibe is like, if everything in the first minute and a half of a Phineas and Ferb episode is like the only real thing and everything else is just what the kids are imagining, like, I think that's very much what it, life was like when you were, you know, you know, a random weekday in the summer, parents are off at work, maybe you're too young for camp, your siblings are at camp, or your siblings are, you know, at their summer jobs or whatever, and you're just sort of sitting alone and, you know, for whatever reason, there's nothing much to do, and you're just thinking... Man, it'd be cool to build a roller coaster. <laughs> can't can't go to the amusement park today, but boy, I'd like to have a roller coaster in my backyard. And then Phineas mm-hmm. and Verb is there to be that wish fulfillment. Yeah. I feel like a large majority of kids go through that little there a time in life where you use cardboard and the things you have in your garage and you like build fake rocket ships or time machines. That's really I what think, Phineas and Verb is. I think every kid has a, a uh urge in them to build and i think that's and i think that's a compounded in the summer when you don't have another creative outlet um because like your after school activities are also usually done in the summer so unless you're you know again at a camp or something you don't have structure in your life you don't have an outlet for this like boy Phineas and ferb really would have benefited from some kind of uh summertime enrichment other than just not having anything to do over the summer they needed enrichment in their enclosure and they they and they made their own enrichment. They enriched themselves. Yeah, I like that the tagline of Phineas and Verb is there's no such thing as an ordinary day. Cause I feel like there's also I think it also sort of captures that sort of FOMO that I think a lot of us felt during summer, like that we were wasting our summer, like if we were just sort of like watching TV all afternoon, which yes, I was doing one hundred percent. Um I I think you would like have a feeling of like, oh my God, like there's only 104 days of my summer vacation and when it's done, there's going to be school again and I'm not going to have done anything. And what, what if I go back to school and say that I didn't do anything all summer? Oh no, I got to make the most of this. Like, there's actually kind of like a little tinge of anxiety under like every episode of Phineas and Ferb that like, oh no, like we have to make the most of every single summer day. Um, I, I think I would be kind of stressed if I was Phineas and Ferb, honestly, like do you and I know there's been like one or two episodes where they have like a do nothing day, but like, boy, that's a lot of activity for one summer. I would be so tired. Yeah, quite fair. I think did they um, do a lemonade stand episode? I feel like they also had a lemonade stand episode. I think I it was. I think it was like a like, lemonade restaurant. Let's look. Because like they stand. they did capture a lot of like you know. The, the what anything that could happen on a summer break Phineas and Ferb covered in some way absolutely there was an episode it was just called the lemonade stand they built the ultimate lemonade stand and start to sell franchises yeah that makes sense that it becomes a franchise thing yeah didn't Jeremy like and then you have Jeremy who's working at like the big squeeze like a lemonade stand in the mall I think I thought it was like a hot dog on a stick type place oh that's what it is I might be thinking the lemon thing might be from a different show. You, you're I, I do. I can picture it in my mind, the lemon squeeze thing. So that must. That oh, must that's for a live action show. I'm pretty sure, actually. Maybe. Oh, Maybe man, there's I'll a Nickelodeon say- show where someone works at a lemonade stand in the mall. Probably. 
probably okay i'd say it's probably victorious i just glanced at the episode description for the lemonade stand and all i saw was that the b plot involves doofenshmirtz and a paper cutinator and i'm already thinking about the intersection between a lemonade stand and a paper cutinator Ah. and i'm in pain why Ah. have you done this to me wikipedia summary you've put me in pain so I feel like that is a one very good subsection of uh, summer cartoons where it's like the daily doldrums mm. uh, and that I feel like there's the next sub there's one other main subset which is all the camp shows. Oh yeah. Um, I guess there's one more we we could put one more thing in the the doldrums of daily life in some ways of summer. I feel like Gravity Falls is a falls as a tangent off of that because it is more supernatural but it's also the same thing i i think i think you're right i think the niche that gravity falls fills it despite the fact that it's a full summer i think gravity falls fills the niche of that one weird week where we go to visit family in another state like mm-hmm. i think that's also a thing i think even alex has said like that was like part of the inspiration like I think that was a thing, like, all of us, I think, experience in some form or another, like, a few days or a week or, like, in their case, maybe the whole summer, where, like, for whatever reason, you're just suddenly in, like, a kind of different environment, but it's not like you're at, like, a camp or something where there's stuff to do. It's like you said, Katie, it's, like, a little bit doldrums, like, you're still trying to figure out how to have fun, but, like, you're not really on vacation. You're with family, but like maybe you don't really know them that well. And you're just kind of trying to figure out what you're supposed to do here. And I think that's also like where like then you get to your, you know, the supernatural elements of Gravity Falls, I feel like are also like just like being a kid and figuring out the mystery of a new place. Like I think just being in a new place as a kid is inherently mysterious, especially for like us in our childhood when like we didn't have like the internet. Um and suddenly she's like, oh, I guess I'm in Wisconsin for a week. Uh, boy, sure are a lot of mosquitoes around here, huh? I, I mean, now I'm just projecting for my own one week in the summer vacation. I remember visiting cousins in Wisconsin. It's like, yeah, like, I I don't know what's going on around here, but I guess I'm going to figure it out. And I'll have to, I'll report back when I get back to the school year. Like, guys, I was in Wisconsin for a summer and they put cheese on their French fries. And it was mm. weird cheese fries it was less a thing when i was growing up i don't know i feel feel like i never i didn't really fully experience that so i went out to the midwest they all just put cheese on everything but because good, cheese good, good practice i i'm not complaining i we just had we kind put of cheese on lobster even okay i don't like that i don't want cheese on my lobster a lot of grilled <laughs> cheese is pretty good i i take the best lobster I mac and cheese mac. i've had lobster mac and cheese i think it's just like the idea of melted cheese on plain lobster feel like I feel like the lobster to cheese ratio I need to have a lot more cheese than lobster you know like I don't want lobster grilled cheese is pretty good all right especially if it has lobster butter that sounds good okay okay we're making I've also seen a lobster taco but the instead of like a taco shell it's like a parmesan crisp shell yeah both of those things I've had in Maine of all places that does sound like a very main thing. I mean, Maine has invented every possible use for the lobster. Um, I gotta say, they were good. They they know how to lobster. It's true. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls is very much like that, like mysterious summer of like, where are we? What are we doing? And how do we make this interesting? Um, mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I, I feel like, like that's every funny. kid has that goes through that little phase where they get into like the supernatural. That too. Not the show Supernatural. No one should go through that phase. I think a lot of kids also go through that phase. But like, yeah, like I feel like there's you got you have a ghost hunting phase. Like I feel like whether it's like you formally refer to it as your ghost hunting phase, but I feel like there is a point in every child's life where it's like, I'm going to investigate the supernatural in my basement. There's a weird thing going on down here and I'm gonna figure it out. I feel so called out. (laughs) Yes, I know. We went ghost hunting when we were much older than children. My phase lasted till college, in which I said it was my bucket list. And then our school gave us money. Check to one thing off my bucket list, kids. Get your university to give you money to do really dumb stuff. If if you are able to persuade your university to give you several hundred dollars in ghost hunting money, you can go ghost hunting. Spend it all on the location. Have no money for gas, hotels, food. Eat cold pizza at 2 a.m. Live in the best life. Or you can do what I did, which is have sleep at 2 a.m. Because I was so passed out and tired. It's It was two degrees. It was not two degrees. I think it was negative one Way degree less at than one two point. Degrees. We were freezing. We and had to melt a lock. Well, reminds me of summer so, camp. Yeah, like summer camp. Tell us about some summer camp shows, Katie. Sure. I never went to summer camp, so I actually should not have been doing this portion. Well, you 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 volunteered yourself for summer camp. I was a summer camp kid, but I'm gonna let you explain summer camp. Well, let's start with one show that I watched as a child in my summers when I was not at camp. Camp Laszlo. I love Camp Laszlo so much. It was it was a very silly show, and I feel like it really it hit my uh, FOMO of like, oh man, I wish I was at camp because my brother was a Boy Scout and I had quick girl skits at that point because it was no longer about Scouts and just about being feminine. Um, yeah, I have a hard time picturing you in the Girl Scouts for some reason. I think it's the sash. I can't, you're not, you don't strike me as a sash person. Somewhere in my brownie vest. I never had a sash. Aw. I know I did have a sash at some point, but I, that's long gone. I have my brownie vest still for some reason now. But I feel like it hit my like, oh, my brother gets to go to camp and learn like archery and I'm here. And then eventually like they get torrential rain pour and you're like, I'm glad I'm here. So I feel like it hit my FOMO because it is just a bunch of children doing camp activities and also not fully making up like a mystery around their camp. So it also has that little like child imagination vibes. Yeah, I feel like the the nice thing about camp shows is that like it forms this nice little uh like bridge between like your normal slice of life show and something as like chaotic as uh at ed Nettie. because i feel like it what it becomes is i think a very like kids rule like kids are in charge kind of feel like even in something like camp laszlo where you have like your scout master who is like you know ostensibly in charge the being a summer camp sort of you know relieves you of some of that structure and doldrums of school and like even if you have to do an activity, it's a fun activity. And like the kids are, you have a certain amount of choice in that. At the very least you in some ways chose to be there. Obviously a lot of times parents will force a kid to go to camp, but like, I think there's kind of an excitement in like, this is a place that is catered for me. Like this is a place where the structure is, I'm here to have fun. Um, 
you know, in the way that school is, you know, there to educate you. Camp is just, you're here to have a good time. Like that's, that's part of why you're here. Um, mm. And that I think can be just really fun to watch as a kid is just being able to see what sort of hijinks will happen when kids are allowed to just sort of have fun and are expected to have fun. And that is just part of what that day-to-day life is. Um, and then also, of course, being camp shows, there aren't as many of them. You get to explore a whole, you know, different environment, different source of jokes, which always feel very fresh. Like you can, you know, have a lot of nature things. Um, you also make up weird stuff. I remember Camp Laszlo was like, very big on like weird camp traditions like Mm -hmm. for some reason i remember the pine cone sit do you remember the pine cone sit episode where they're all sitting on giant pine cones and seeing who can stay on there the longest like that's so ridiculous but like it you kind of buy it because it's a it's a random summer camp in the middle of the woods there's weird stuff happening and who's who are we to call them out on their weird camp tradition who would make extremely weird traditions well my actually this is this is uh timely for today. I remember my summer camp, my summer camp, we used to celebrate Bastille Day religiously, uh the 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 French Revolution holiday, where the way we would celebrate Bastille Day is that the oldest campers would bring pots and pans into all the younger uh younger campers' cabins and bang them together and like force everyone out of their beds in their pajamas and rush everybody up to uh the the dining hall for breakfast where we'd have pancakes served with red white and blue sprinkles which are both the american flag and the french flag so it worked and like that would just be how bastille day was celebrated i guess it's vaguely related to the uh the poor people of france rooting the wealthy bourgeoisie out of their homes and taking them to be executed um but it was uh yeah that was that was how we celebrated Bastille Day at my summer camp in New York. Um, but like, like stuff like that, like Camp Lazlo could get away with something as weird as a pinecone sit, because as weird as that is, it's not that much weirder than our weird Bastille Day tradition. No, it's, it's always, you know, the older kids come up with a way to mess with the younger kids, and then uh, they're like, well, this happened to us, so, well... Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't even really hazing. It was like kind of like, and we never knew what day it was at our summer camp. Cause like, obviously, we didn't we didn't have like technology with us. This was when we were kids, so there was no like smartphones. We didn't know what day it was. It was just one random day. It would, I guess, be July fourteenth, and it would be Bastille Day, and that now that's we're getting woken up. So like, even if you'd been through it a few years before, like I went to that camp for like three or four years, so like I kind of got it at a certain point. But like, I never knew. Like, I just sort of figured, like, huh. I guess tomorrow might be Bastille Day. I'll find out if I get woken up by pots and pans, I guess. Like the tornado sirens. Well, I guess it's a Tuesday at 10 a.m. Well, exactly, exactly like that. Um, but yeah, it's sort of a fun thing you get to have when you have your show about summer camp. Summer Camp Island, I don't know if you watched any of that. That's a more recent show. No. I watched some of Camp Coral, which is actually not as bad as I ever expected it to be. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Camp Coral, because I think you've, you've talked about it a little bit on the show before. It is enjoyable in some ways because it hits back at the roots of Spongebob, which is just that Spongebob lives quite a spontaneous and silly existence where you're never really sure what nonsense is going to happen. And I feel like that plays really well at a summer camp. Um, Squidward's the grumpy camp counselor. 
Um, and Mr. Krabs was a cheapskate running the place. So very, that's also very Camp Lazla. I feel like it, Mr. It, Krabs it very much sounds like Scoutmaster Lumpus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it is also so, a lot of that like environment and nature stuff. Um, I, there was an episode where the kids got candy and they were really excited about it because, you know, you only get treats so much at camp. So really, it was hitting on some major camp storylines. Um, I feel like it just it harkened back to the olden days of SpongeBob, where it was very much like, eh, that's just a cute one-off story. I like that. Yeah, that sounds that sounds very cute, like in that Camp Laszlo kind of style. Mm-hmm. It's it's very reminiscent. Thinking about it, of Camp Laszlo at points, less of like the weird like long-term storyline of like what's the secrets behind the camp but more of the spontaneity of everything mm-hmm. yeah i think it's i think it's very telling like for the, a lot of the reasons we've been saying about why you would want to set your show in summer that when it came time to make a spin-off show about young spongebob that they gravitated so much towards it takes place in summer and they're at summer camp like it could have been them in elementary school. It could have been, you know, them on, you know, some other kind of adventure. Um, but they specifically chose, let's make it summer. Let's make it summer camp. And I, I think like, you know, the reasons we've been talking about, you got that kind of structure, but still sort of fun structure, a little bit different from all the things that we've seen and kind of like allows your characters to be who they are when they're not really restricted by like a school schedule. Um and they're not really trying to succeed particularly at any one thing. They're just allowed to be fun kids doing fun things. Um, I think that's really that's really interesting and and fun. Yeah. It's yeah. shockingly good time. Didn't have high expectations. I gotta watch it. Because Let's I see. also didn't I didn't expect the art style change to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually in some ways the CGI works for creating this kind of more youthful vibe. I think it would have been actually harder to get the youthful. It's almost like it when you're young, you're innocent and clean. In some ways, the CGI makes that work. Stay, stay golden, SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I I really do find the character designs to be very charming. I I don't know, they're so small and squishy. Like I I I, I particularly like Patrick with the little shirt, like the little scout shirt. Like I don't know, that's just really cute. They are cute. His little, little tummy poking out. I don't know. He looks adorable. They all look really cute. I think I think it's a, a cute a cute look for all of them. Here's an episode that gave me very similar vibes of when they're the Magic Conch episode, which is one of my favorites. Slowly for yeah. the... No. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that is all something to touch upon, you know, as, as we're wrapping up here is, you know, the while there are some cartoons that are just exclusively in summer, uh, I think most cartoon shows still tried to have at least one summer episode. And those, I think, were mm-hmm. very often standouts. Like, even though it's not technically like a summer episode, yeah, I think Magic Conch feels like a summer episode and that they're like off hiking and exploring, like doing outdoorsy things that always feels It's an off-the-grid camping episode. Exactly, yeah. Like a lot, lot of shows do camping episodes. So, uh, similarly, I feel like another standout SpongeBob episode is when they're camping outside their house with the uh, with the sea bear. That's another I was one. Just about to say the sea bear. <laughs> very summer, very summer feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, as I, I like as we we mentioned briefly, uh, the one episode of The Simpsons with the lemon tree that's technically does not take place in the summer. Similar summer vibes. 
Um, one of my one of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons is uh with the summer of four foot two, uh, where they it, it ca- ca- captures uh, an aspect of summer vacation that's harder to do in an all summer show. Um, which is the uh like the weekend getaway. Like they go to like basically Cape Cod for like Fourth uh, of July weekend. Um, and like that that like the idea of that is like who Lisa becomes in that weekend away when she's meeting kids who she doesn't know. Like, I think that was also kind of a fun uh, part of summer was like going to a new place and not having your friends with you, possibly not having siblings with you and just making friends like on the beach or in the woods or like whatever place that you've ended up and just making those, you know, one week friends in the new location and just kind of subtly reinventing yourself because they're not going to call you out on it you can be any kind of person you want you can have whatever kind of never gonna see them again gonna see them again like you want them to like you for that week but like you don't have to invest any like reality into it like you could say hey yeah i'm a pro snowboarder you can't prove me wrong there's no snow i'm sure this won't backfire for me at all but yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I do. I remember I had a, a, a summer friend who uh, convinced me uh, one summer that she had uh, a pool in her backyard that was so big. One day they found a whale living in it and they had to call SeaWorld uh, to come with a helicopter to airlift the whale back to the ocean. Um, and I remember I bought that. And then like it was only several years later, I was like lying awake at night being like, wait a second. I think that was a lie. <laughs> My my summertime friend lied to me. Why would she do something like that? And the reason is I had no ability to call her on it. I did not know where she lived. I could not prove that she had a pool, whale-sized or otherwise. So, yeah, why not make up a lie like that? <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then, you know, of course, you also have your... Uh, your uh, movies uh, set, animated movies set in summer. Like recently, the Bob's Burgers movie, I think, did a really good job of uh, showcasing what uh, like a, like a summer vacation would feel like, especially for the kids. Um, it's like they all have their own goals for the summer. Um, I think that was also something that like I think a lot of us had is like, the, you know, you have your last day of school. It's like, all right, when I come back to school in the fall, I'm going to have done X or I'm going to be X. Like, I think everyone wanted to come back and be transformed in one way or another. Um, and usually we weren't, but, you know, sometimes we learned how to do something really cool over the summer. And then you could go and show your friends and be like, look, I can yo-yo now. And that would be super cool for a week. And then it would be school time again. And you'd forget. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to look up the Fairly Odd Parents uh, summer episodes. However, I at first got the live action summer movie Mm, don't like that i forgot there's a school's out the musical which has uh the flappy bob learning center and his whole story oh my god i remember that wow yeah that i feel like that also captures the summer vacation that isn't going the way you planned you wanted all this freedom you wanted all this fun but you found yourself in a day camp that you really don't click with and you're with kids you don't really like and suddenly you realize it's going to be a very long summer. Mm-hmm. Apparently there was a new one and when, you know, they jumped the shark the third time and they got a girl. Yeah. Ooh, you know what was a really good summer episode? That one episode of Jimmy Neutron where there's a heat wave and it's too hot. So he mm. invents a cooling ray and it plunges everything into a new ice age. 
That's a fun one. That's good. That's a good, just a good concept. I, I like that one because it like all the adults like revert back to being like ice age people and are just going out <laughs> hunting caribou for some reason. It's what was fun about I that, that. That was the moment that it clicked in my head. And I remember that episode was remember the hunting, hunting caribou. caribou. I think it's a caribou. I think it, I think I remember the caribou thing. Cause I think that was like the first and possibly only time in my life. I have been asked to know what a caribou is. Like that, they did a lot of heavy lifting in that episode to tell me that a caribou is like a big moose type thing because I don't think any time before or after watching that episode, my life has put me in the position where I need to know what a caribou is. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that, that was your typical Jimmy Neutron insanity right there. God, I just found the line about that somehow. What's What's the line? Um, I'm trying to get all of it, but I pulled up the whole transcript back. So. Oh my god, there's the whole transcript of the episode. The whole transcript is on fandom.com. Beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen. The it pulled up the first thing on for the transcript is one is what is that one line of I gotta run. Me and the other dads are off to hunt caribou. Spotted a big herd up on Abner Boulevard. <laughs> gotta keep fresh. Dot, dot, dot. I don't think the line has got to keep fresh. <laughs> That's so dumb. I love that. <laughs> well, we and the other dads are going to go hunt some caribou. Like it make, it makes, I'm sure it made, it, look, it made sense in the writer's room and it made sense to us as children watching it. But in hindsight, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life that it gets too cold and dads start hunting caribou. I mean, they're good. They live well in the cold. They provide a lot of meat. You get the first for warmth. There's the, the fat is good for oil lamps. You know, they're helpful animals in the environment. Also, as I recall, this cold snap happened over the course of like 48 hours, right? Like this isn't like, this is their yeah, life. I don't know now. why they're a caribou on after Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, it's suddenly it's cold and like suddenly caribou appear. I don't know what's sillier, that it gets cold and caribou magically appear or that there are no caribou and they're just driven by instincts to find caribou. <laughs> In any case, that's a fun episode. That's that's uh, a really fun one. Oh man. Steven universe we say things. Yeah. And sorry, it just, you know, sometimes we say things and the like light switch the SpongeBob's in my brain finally pull the paper out and go, "We found it." <laughs> We found this really weird, it's not a full transcript. It's like, it's fully torn out of like a notebook and you lost like half the page, but we found it. I mean, look, all the, all this knowledge of cartoons is just buried deep in our brains. Mm-hmm. My brain is run by Spongebob's. If I, I'm not going to look this up right now, but I did search Jimmy Neutron Caribou and the first thing pop, popped up is uh, the Caribou Chant. So once we're done recording, I am going to look up what the caribou chant was because I don't remember uh, and I'm sure it was fun. Indeed. Well, I maybe that's a, as good a place. recording a podcast. Maybe that's as good a place as any to uh to end this. Uh any any final uh thoughts, Katie, on on summer cartoons? I miss summer vacation. I do too. It. I'm this, an adult now and have to work nine to five all year round. But we have money now that doesn't come from lemonade stands, like real adult person money. That's nice. 
Yeah, I have to buy a lot, a lot more things. <laughs> you know what? You should have a lemonade stand, Katie, and just say that you're doing it to buy dice. And I think people will get it. I will Ven- I will Venmo you lemonade money so you can ship me lemonade. And in exchange, I will I'll pay for you to have dice. I'll put it in an <laughs> envelope for you. You do have to, yeah, you do have to pour a cup of lemonade into an envelope and send it my way. Will do. It'll go well. It'll be fine. It'll, it'll work out. I'm sure it'll still be there when, when it finally gets across the country to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. I hope your summers are going well, whether you are experiencing the highs of summer vacation or stuck in the doldrums of adult office life and just rewatching these lovely cartoons to remind yourself of the whimsy of childhood summer. Um, don't forget to feed the child inside yourself and remind yourself of the beauties of, of summer vacation. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's lots of fun things in everyone's area that even if you're not off for summer vacation, you can still enjoy the feeling of summer. I'm going to go to the zoo this weekend. That's Maybe you'll summer. see caribou. Boy, I hope not. It's going to be hot. I really hope the caribou are not in that zoo. I hope they are in the far north where they belong. <laughs> Well, again, thank you all for listening. I'm Scarlett. I'm Katie. We're your animates, and we will see you next time. Caribou, caribou. <laughs> <laughs>